with the chance to take their third straight series in a row after losing the opening game. The Twins' bullpen frittered it away, including a scheduled Emilio Pagan implosion. Let's talk about it. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And I'm your humble host, Brandon Warren. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren or Locked On Twins at Locked On Twins. As a reminder, please feel free to be active in the comments. We will answer some questions. I do. I know I did get a good one on YouTube for uh, yesterday, so we're going to make sure to answer that and hope to encourage that moving forward. Also, to um, yeah, don't hesitate to ask those on Twitter either at Locked On Twins at Brandon Warren. DMs are open, and Locked On Twins breathless post game minutes after every game, or at least as many as we can, as soon as we can. Twins are off on Thursday, but we'll play the Angels on Friday at Angel Stadium. The Big A at 8.38 p.m. local. Joe Ryan takes on lefty Reed Detmers. Catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search for Twins. And we're going to dive right in. Hopefully no interruptions, but there are two kids at the house today. So we'll see. We're going to do our best. Let's talk about the Dodgers series. Twins had a chance to do what they'd done in the previous two series, which is to drop game one and then pick up the last two to win the series. But scheduled, as I said, Emilio Pagan implosion, grand slam allowed to Josh Outman. Um, James Outman, sorry. Uh, had the wrong Outman. And that was just kind of it. Uh, Sonny Gray... You know, out of the game early after four innings, pitching pitch count racked up pretty quickly, and also too just looked a little out of sorts. And so, uh, a lot of discussion about that in the sense that the bullpen was compromised from the outset. Twins actually had a real good chance to win um, the first game of the series, which ended up going to extras. But uh, Juwan Duran gives up the tying run in extras, pitches two innings, Jorge Lopez pitches two innings. And I think something people don't understand too is that they say, you know, win the game in front of you. Well, that's what the Twins tried to do and it didn't work. It's also the idea that like, just bunt the guy over. Well, the bunt doesn't always work. And people too also get too caught up in what didn't work or what didn't work. Well, the opposite of that would have worked for sure. So Team doesn't bunt, gets out of the inning with no run scored. All of a sudden, fans are convinced the bunt would have worked. So um, pushing those chips into the middle of the table on Monday left the team a little bit shorthanded with the bullpen. Bailey Ober answered the call on Tuesday in the Twins' only win in the series. And then beyond that, obviously, it got a little weird in Wednesday's game. But... Not necessarily in a horrible way. Uh, Giovanni Moran pitches a good inning. 
Jose De Leon looked really impressive, and then things went kind of sideways towards the end. Good for him to get back to the big leagues, especially against the team that he came up with. Emil Pagan gives up a grand slam and not allows um, not only De Leon's runners to score, but his own as well. And then Cole Sands closes it out. But that's kind of an unconventional bullpen for a team that was trying to hold a lead from the seventh inning on. Actually, you know, six, sixth inning, it was 2-2. Two, two, seventh inning, the Twins push one across and then give it right back with a five spot in the seventh. Just a frustrating kind of game. But again, you have to remind yourself the Dodgers are a really dang good team. Almost impossible to beat at home with a 17 and seven records. So not a lot of shame in taking only one out of three there. Twins off Thursday, then we'll head. Who knows if they'll even head, may just stay in the same place and play the Anaheim slash Los Angeles slash Orange County Angels for three. It's a couple lefties coming out of the shoot with Reed Detmers and Patrick Sandoval. So we'll see how the Twins handle things. They do have the potential for some roster moves. Obviously, Nick Gordon following the ball off his his leg and, and fracturing his shin means he's going to be out for quite some time. So now the question will be, what do the Twins want to do in terms of a replacement? Also, too, if it's possible that a Jorge Polanco or Joey Gallo needs to sit for a bit, there's a potential the Twins will add two bats. With Gordon, he's played more outfield and by, I think, a wide margin. I think I would bring up Kyle Garlick just to face the two lefties here out of the shoot in the Angels series. It's Shohei Otani in the final game of the series. In fact, I have that pulled up here. I believe it's Otani and Pablo Lopez, which is going to make for a really fun series finale. Hopefully to that point, the Twins have taken care of business, but we'll see how that goes. Um, the Twins, though, they didn't seem overmatched. It's good to see the Twins hanging in there against really, really good teams this year, winning the Yankees season series, handling the Astros well. You know, certainly they played the Astros at a good time. Jose Altuve, who's getting closer to coming back, wasn't there yet. But I feel like, and this was a criticism of the Wolves this year. The Twins, to some extent, seem to play to the level of the teams they're facing. And that, to me, is kind of the hallmark of a good, not great team. Because you have to be able to take advantage of what's in front of you. And, you know, the Twins haven't necessarily done that. And again, the division still has not done anything to really narrow that gap. As the Twins lead by, let me pull it up, just, just to be sure. I believe it's three and a half games after last night's action shook out. Yeah, 19 and 22 Tigers percentage points ahead of the 19 and 23 Guardians. And so as a result, Fangraph still has twins 77.8% to win the division, 79.5 to make the playoffs. And as we've noted, the reason that those two numbers are so close together is that the Central is not going to um barring some kind of miracle, have a wild card team. So it's going to be division or bust. Emilio Pagan, again, giving up that big, big grand slam. Kind of weird. People still want it to be the end of the line for him. And I get that. I think his ERA swelled to something like 5-6-0 after that implosion. And with that said, though, he's been dependable outside of a couple really tough outings. The other one on 420 against the Red Sox. So almost a month apart. 
I just if the Twins hung with Pagan last year, tendered him a contract this year, I really don't think he's he's that close to going any place. I also too think the Twins aren't really looking to subtract pitching right now. And again, Pagan's just going to kind of have to settle in that fourth or fifth man in the bullpen role until Thielbar comes back. It, it doesn't hurt to have a guy pumping 96 as your sixth or fifth inning reliever, depending on how you got to patch things together. It just might not be a guy you want protecting a two-run lead after the sixth inning. So I don't know. Again, too, it comes down to who was and wasn't available, which is something we don't usually know. Managers don't like to divulge that, especially before the game. Bo Porter, who used to manage the Astros, was the pioneer of that, where he'd say, you know, why are you asking me before the game who is and isn't available? Why would I want that information out there? So, again, this is what happens when the bullpen is used early in a series. It kind of can screw up the pattern or the methodology the rest of the way. Also, too, twins with the bases loaded. You know, we talk a lot, a lot, a lot about this pitching and the bullpen when it gives up runs late. Let's talk about the twins, though, and what they do when the bases are loaded or perhaps more accurately don't do. We can talk about their batting average, MLB worst 125. We can talk about their OPS, MLB worst 309 with bases loaded. But here's their, here's where it gets even more complicated. The Twins are fifth in plate appearances with the bases loaded. 49 already. Next one will be 50. So not only is that 125 average, that 309 OPS problematic, but it's problematic from the the time or the the vantage point that they also are loading the bases a lot. And two batting average isn't going to tell a full story. The Dodgers are only hitting 190 with the bases loaded in 54 plate appearances, so tied for third and above the Twins. But they're slugging 571 because they've hit five grand slams so far this season. Again, that that changes the optics entirely. So. Twins really have to figure things out with the bases loaded or else I'm going to keep retweeting my um, modified drill tweet about the Twins having the bases loaded. It's time to drink precisely one beer and call 911. So we'll transition over to the Angels series. But first, got to give some love to our friends over at Bird Dogs. I got my first two pair of Bird Dogs in the mail the other day and they are absolutely wonderful some of the most comfortable shorts and pants that you could ever want um they grip your areas very very nicely from the waist down we'll just leave it at that um the stretchy fabric though is comfy but it still looks really good like you you might associate stretchy with um you know not looking as good but i i think they look absolutely great you can wear them on the golf course you can wear them out you can wear them if you want to Go to the gym. You can do pretty much. They're they're very versatile, and their big things are fit, comfort, versatility. And immediately, I saw all three of those things when I opened up the package and tried them on. And so, just a, a lot, a lot of really nice uh, products here on Bird Dogs. And so, um, make sure you go to BirdDogs.com and make sure to have the two D's there in the middle because it's easy to have just one. Um, so go to there at birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And then the promo code you want is locked on MLB. And they'll throw in a free custom Yeti style tumbler with every order. I got one of those too. And it was 
absolutely uh, wonderful mug that I'll be using for coffee moving forward. So again, birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and use the promo code locked on MLB, all one word, and they'll give you a free Yeti style tumbler. Maybe next show I'll bring it in so I can uh, show the YouTube watchers on the screen. So again, thank you for making us your first listen every day. If you're an everyday or make sure to check back. I'm going to try to do a collaboration with Locked on Angels to see if we can figure out a, a crossover episode. If not, again, we'll probably just either find a special guest or just dive a little deeper into these angels who are 22 and 22 as of this reading. They play the Twins on Friday. It's at the Big A Angel Stadium. I like to call it Angela Stadium because it looks like Angela when they have the logo there. Um, 8.38 p.m. local time, so again, get that coffee ready. It's Joe Ryan looking to continue his uh, especially good early um, early season run against Reed Detmers. We'll talk about Detmers here in a minute. The Angels going southpaw heavy in this series before closing it out with Shohei Otani. You can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny with SiriusXM. On the SXM app, just search Twins. Also, too, if you listen to that channel, you will hear our Locked On Twins ad, our appeal to the show. And if you heard that and are listening to the show, I'd love to hear from you because it's always cool to hear from a friend. So Twins Angels coming up here on Friday night. And here's the series rundown. Joe Ryan will face Reed Detmers. Louis Varland will face Patrick Sandoval on Saturday. And then in the finale before the Twins come back home, Pablo Lopez against Shohei Otani. I'm really excited to see Shohei. It's, um, you know, you, you never want to see him when your team is facing him. But at the same time, too, I think the name of the game is wanting to see the best players across the board. This Angels team right now is, um, it's interesting. But again, too, it just seems to be kind of playing to the level that we've expected of them to be decent, but not great. Um, typical starting lineup for them is Taylor Ward leading off, Mike Trout second, Otani third, Renfro, that's Hunter Renfro, who's basically a Mike Trout clone in the face. That's cleanup. Brandon Drury, that's fifth. I think he's been playing some first base lately. Matt Tice is catching. Gio Urshela, old friend at third. Luis Rengifo at second. And then rookie Uber prospect, Zach Nito, uh, Nito sounds like something um, Joe Maurer would say if he was really enthused about something. Anyway, he's batting ninth most often, playing shortstop, and he is the team's number two prospect. Fangraphs had him as the 62nd prospect in baseball. So obviously a very exciting player that they're kind of breaking in. Yet pitching-wise, see if there's any familiar names here. Honestly, it's kind of a bullpen put together of guys who you may or may not have heard of from the past. Carlos Estevez is rounding it out in the back of the bullpen. He was with Colorado for a long time. Also to Matt Moore, who I think a lot of Twins fans wanted to sign this offseason. He was a raised prospect coming up and was a big-time prospect. And then... um, Chris Stavinsky, who you may remember from his Astros days, um, was a big-time 
late inning reliever for them now in his age 32 season is kind of figuring things out in the uh, the second wave of his career. And beyond that, uh, Zach Weiss or Weiss, I'm not sure. I'm thinking it's Weiss is going to be in the, the front of this bullpen. He was a, briefly a twin a few years ago in the minor leagues. So some familiar names, but not, uh, not too many that are blatantly obvious if you're not a fan outside of baseball so again this is a team that's decent not great the west is led by the rangers which i think a lot of people didn't expect coming into the season although based on the money they spent they probably did so they're up two games on the astros angels four and a half back mariners five back and then the a's and impossible 17 games back 10 and 35 so the west not as weak as the AL Central, keeping in mind that the Twins are the only team in the Central with a 500 or better record, a positive run differential, and all that fun stuff. And let's look at who we think might be the call-ups here. They're going to need at least one. Um, and, we, you know, we talked about this for a second earlier in the show. Um, but I think I'd bring up Kyle Garlick for the first two games against lefties. Twins not slated to face another lefty over the next few days. So not that I would necessarily send out garlic after Saturday's game and bring up Matt Walner, but I think that might be the approach if you really want to get aggressive. And then it comes down to probably Edward Julien coming up if either Gallo or Polanco hits the injured list. Early indications are we really don't know, but the Twins are not going to want to play shorthanded multiple guys for the long haul. So, you know, again, we'll see what direction they head there, but um, there's going to be moves because Nick Gordon alone being placed on the injured list, uh, 10 day for now, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on the 60 just because uh, fractured shin is a pretty, pretty serious injury. Um, also to yeah, angels, you know, those West coast games, I feel like the twins struggle out west um you know it's not jet lag or anything but i don't know i just i feel like they go into seattle and struggle i feel like they go in and face the angels and struggle obviously against the dodgers they've struggled immensely but that west coast time zone man for some reason just absolutely trips them up let's talk about our friends at so rare it's um it's a fun game to play online you basically get to fancy yourself as a GM, it's basically a, a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and a marketplace transforming you and me, the fans, into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from all 30 MLB teams. The brand ambassadors are Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez. They're both featured in SoRare's current brand campaign and will encourage, engage rather, sorry, um, the community throughout all season. And there is a couple of Commercials on the television for Soul Rare that are both very, very good. So I'd highly recommend um, if you see those to just kind of pay attention. Um, also, too, game weeks happen twice weekly, three and four day cycles. You can be rewarded at the end of that week if you're at or near the top of your leaderboard. All kinds of fun stuff. There's scarce cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Depends on your competition level, but a lot of fun stuff there. If you want to do this, head to SoRare.com slash locked on. 
That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com, exactly like it sounds. Draft your team full of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on, and you can start playing today. All right, we're coming out of the bullpen into the seventh inning stretch. Twins play the Angels Friday evening at Angel Stadium. It's 8.38, so not quite as late as the first two Dodger games were, but still plenty late if you're an old man like me. It's going to be Joe Ryan and Reed Detmers. Detmers, a southpaw, and a young guy who's got a significant amount of promise. So it's going to be a fun one. You can get every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast. That's Corey. That's Danny with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just make sure you search for Twins. Now, let's talk about some listener questions. I absolutely love interacting with you guys because you do such a great job. So BK on YouTube said, hey, Brandon, quick question for you. Who do you think is more important to this team this season, Trevor Larnick or Alex Kirilov? Which is a great question because prospect-wise, I feel like they kind of jockeyed back and forth for position. But for me, it's Kirilov because he's shown a more natural feel for hitting. Um, He struggled against lefties. I think there's no denying that. But I just feel like the fact that he plays first base, the fact that he plays outfield, the fact that he's, I think, a little bit, little bit more of a well-rounded hitter, I think for me it's him this year and moving forward. So even if the question had been medium to long-term, I think I'm still taking AK. All right, up next, Kenosha Kickers wants to know why Emil Pagan was put into the situation he was. And again, we kind of explained it. It really came down to... Um, and we don't know, but the availability or lack thereof for some of the big guys like Juan Duran, uh, Jorge Lopez, Griffin Jacks, you know, a lot of these guys had worked quite a bit and two, um, for Duran, you know, he hasn't thrown that much over the last week, but two innings is a big ask for a reliever. And so who knows if he was still down, especially with the gas that he throws. Bikes fan Kev says he's pleased with how the Twins played overall this series events against a very good Dodgers team. Disappointing series finale, but I think you have to like from this offense. What you've seen from this offense lately and the pitching will be better. Yeah, you know, when we started kind of looking at this offense in terms of where it ranked across MLB, there was a lot of 25s, 27s, and 30ths among 30 MLB teams. Right now, Twins 16th in OPS, which is again is a jump, but still only about average 10th and run scored, obviously much more of an improvement than before sixth and home runs. And again, not stealing that many bases, but Willie Castro gets a few here and there. Michael A. Taylor gets a few here and there. Um, Starting pitching is the calling card though. Second in ERA first and whip third in walks per nine first in strikeouts per nine and second in hits per nine. These are not, your older brother's twins, which is actually kind of cool as also I'm the older brother. So uh, in my family, Um, our friend Andrew Boganski says he'd get booted off Twitter if he said what's on his mind. Not quite sure where to go with that one, but I think he's frustrated with just kind of how the twins have frittered away some winnable games here that could really put some distance between them and the rest of this mid division. Anthony says twins will be fine. The game on Wednesday is probably the only scenario this year where Pagan will throw in high leverage spots with the pen taxed as it is. 
Um, just got to figure out how to hit with the bases loaded and maybe flip Correa and Polanco in the lineup. And yeah, at this point, I think, and we'll probably have a show on this. It's time to really start considering Carlos Correa lower in the lineup because Gallo leading off against righties. Kirilov has been swinging it pretty good. Polanco has been swinging it pretty good. And then you have Buxton. Even if you just move Correa down to fifth, I think that changes the complexion of the lineup significantly. Also, too, sometimes it's just a change of scenery works for these guys. Even veteran guys who have been around for a long time. I mean, World Series winners and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I think I'd move him down and wouldn't feel too bad about it. Last few here, Josiah. Good friend Josiah says the loss isn't all on Pagan. The offense didn't come through when they had the opportunities to do so. Seems to be a recurring theme, of course, when you have a 309 OPS with the bases loaded. That's going to be uh, a big-time deal. Ryan wants to know, is this the greatest baseball team of all time if we start getting September Correa? Obviously not <laughs> best of all time, but it could be the best Twins team in recent memory. And, you know, we saw 100 wins in 2019. So we'll see. Uh, I think if Correa turns it around, the top of this order is especially devastating. And the bottom of the order is, uh, no, it's not bad. It's it's not bad. I, you know, I'd rather see more Ryan Jeffers and Christian Vasquez at this time. But at the same time, too, Vasquez is such a factor on defense that I think you got to play him pretty regularly. Henry wants to know, when is Thielbar back? That's all I want to know. Um, haven't heard anything as far as it being more than a, a, a short-term absence. I don't know if that means a rehab stint and taking a little bit of time to come back or not. But I would say he's probably fairly close unless something has happened that I haven't seen in the last few days. Uh, Sarah Wall says... Who will be the twin that hits the first Grand Slam of the season? It'll eventually happen. Who is going to break the curse? It's it's either going to be Buxton or Correa. I think Correa for the vibes. Buxton because he's just been hitting everything in sight when he's been dialed in. So I'm going to say Buxton is my first choice. Correa is like my 1B. Um, people. Oh, Aaron Wyland says, people focusing on the Pagan disaster class too much and they should focus on the fact that the game sucked because Gallo, Polanco and Gordon all got hurt. Absolutely great point. Um, great, great point that uh, players getting banged up and offense just not doing enough. Also too, the fact that Dustin May got the gate after an inning, again, he was hurt. So it's not like he took a, a shower because he was uh, bad or anything, but they kind of let Dylan Covey off the hook. Hadn't been in the big leagues in a couple years was just a long guy, not, the kind of Dodger flamethrower you might expect. And it just, um, you know, went sideways. So, yeah, I uh, I don't know. It, you know, you lose these games sometimes, especially, too, when you're like, oh, it's Dylan Covey against um, Sonny Gray, your ace. So, anyway, that's what we got for today. Again, make sure you're checking us out every day. We're your first listen every day. If you're an everydayer, we'll have a fun show for you tomorrow. Either I may talk about moving Correa down. I think we'll talk about, um, you know, some of this pitching staff. We'll talk about all kinds of fun stuff. We'll see what we can find time for. Maybe do a little deeper dive on the pitchers the Twins are going to see in this Angels series. But again, 
Subscribe, like, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening or watching. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't, tell me, and we'll make it the best version of itself. Otherwise, this is Brandon Warren signing off saying thank you so much, and don't forget to stop by tomorrow. This is Locked on Twins.